Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two, if you wouldn't mind tossing the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review in iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Bob Dylan. Some people feel the rain, others just get wet. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 182. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a beautiful spring evening here from my black Jeep tonight parked in my folks' driveway outside of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. Had to make a trip up here this evening after Copper the Wonder Golden's therapy dog work in Maple Grove to finish my 2018 taxes. An independent contractor's favorite time of the year. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Congrats to Noel for winning the Vegas trip. Finally, someone that comes every week wins it. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Wasn't the same without our popular bartender Rebecca around, but we all made it through the busy night okay. Saturday, I played a duo show at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Always a fun show, and thanks to the Shalo Lee Band for having me up jamming on my sugar blue harp. Shows. Wednesday, April 10th, 2019, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Holt, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, April 11th, the Mark Sterry Trio will be rocking out at the B-Dale Club in Roseville, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. featuring legendary Minnesota drummer Scott Wenham and Brian Johnson. Friday, April 12th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, April 13th, the Mark Sterry Band will be rocking in Polk County, Wisconsin at Eagle Lounge in Balsam Lake featuring Allie Gray, Brian Johnson, Brian Ricochet-Leger, and myself from 7 to 10 p.m. It's part two of three with legendary radio talk show host, writer, musician, and founder of the Mishki Roadshow podcast, TD, a.k.a. Tom Mishki. We talk Mishki's beginnings in the talk radio business to his evolution to the podcast world and more. Enjoy the conversation. All 
right, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, everybody. We're here with Tom Mishke, or you might know him as T.D. Mishke, in his beautiful colonial home here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we just got done with episode one talking about the Mishke Roadshow, which is my new favorite podcast. I highly recommend you definitely check it out and subscribe. Anyway, this episode, Tom is... A legendary radio talk show host, a writer, a musician, and a podcaster. So I was hoping Tom would talk to us a little about his his career working for WCCO, working for the City Pages, for KSTP, that kind of stuff. So how did you get into the talk show? Um, how did you get into this business? Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty well known and odd story because I I got into it in a strange way by just calling the Don Vogel show. Let's go to Alphonse. I don't. I feel a little silly calling today. The whole subject matter is so serious now, and here I am soft. <laughs> but I'll call it today because I've got my oil changed. I know what you're thinking. They're thinking, get off the phone, you moon calf. Oil change ain't important enough to be called an old radio station. As a character who would yell things, shout things, or recite odd poems or songs... And hang up. I always hung up before he could have a conversation with me. And my disappearing without ever being identified led me to be labeled the Phantom Caller. Well, once he did that, I got the sense that I should be doing it regularly. Once someone gives you a moniker, the feeling I had was, oh, he's inviting me in. So four out of five days a week, and I really mean this, four out of five, I took one day off. But four out of five days a week, for months and months and months, I felt obligated to be a part of his show as the Phantom Caller. I'd craft my calls. I'd write them out. If they, I'd do them in different voices. And I would call and wait sometimes up to an hour to go on, just waiting. And I learned what people put up with who called to talk radio stations. They just sit there. They got better things to do with their day, but you know, other people are ahead of them and there's commercials and... When he got to me, my call would maybe take a minute, and I'd hang up and then go, okay, that's over with, and go on with my day. But there was a seven-second delay, so when I hung up, I'd always turn on the radio, hear the last few seconds, and then, did he laugh or did he not? If he didn't, that was a failure. If he did, that was money. And by money, I mean that's why I did it. A stand-up comedian stands up there, waits for the laughter, and that's the pay. Yeah, it's nice to get the cash, too, but the laugh is what they're doing it for. And Vogel had this infectious laugh, and he'd laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh if it was a good call. And I'd feel on top of the world the rest of that day. That was a drug. What was the premise of his show? He, this was back in the days before political talk radio. All the shows at KSTP were non-political. They were just what's going on in the world. Or in his case, it was comedy. Let's make fun out of whatever current event is the big story today. Rush Limbaugh was just appearing on the scene, and he was the outlier. Who's that freak? Why is he talking politics? And KSTP had people like Don Vogel and Bob Yates and uh, Turi Ryder, and uh, it was it was it was a fun, different time. Kind of like when I was growing up, no one on CCO ever talked politics. So it was, it was there was nothing threatening about it. So Vogel was was pure comedy. He was blind. Interestingly, got his start the same way. Grew up in Chicago and would call talk radio stations there and do voices. And he really did voices. I only had like four. Don had a thousand, and uh, that's how he got his start. And radio was perfect for a blind guy. But he lived hard. 
wild, crazy man, funny man, uh, said he never wanted to hit 50 because he always thought of himself as a kid, and he died a month shy of his 50th birthday. Wow. Do you remember that first call you made in that literally kind of changed your life? Do you remember where you were, yeah. what you're eating, what you're drinking, whatever? Yeah, there were no cell phones back then. You'd pull up to a gas station payphone. All my calls were often, because I was driving a delivery van, and I'd pull up to gas station payphones. And uh, he was giving away T-shirts and bumper stickers. This is not an interesting call at all. But I sat there and said, I'd, I'd heard maybe five other calls, and I said, you mean to tell me? I, I didn't know this was possible. I never heard of talk radio. Everybody I knew listened to music. I didn't know anyone. My dad listened to Steve Cannon. That's all I... And you mean to tell me? Because Steve Cannon didn't let people call, so I just didn't know about this. You can call up a show, 50,000-watt show, and they'll put you on the air. So now you're on with the professionals paid to do this, and you're just some yahoo who, uh, you know, does drywall half the day. So I, I don't believe it. I don't believe you can do that. So I pulled up to a payphone. I did what they said to do, called. Yeah, I'm going to have your first name? Tom? Okay, Tom, hold on, please. What do you want to talk about? Uh, the subject the guy's talking about. Yeah, okay. And then I'm listening to him on hold. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And all of a sudden he goes, Tom, you're on AM 1500 KSTP. Go ahead. And I panicked. I didn't know what to do. And I just went, T-shirts and bumper stickers. And I slammed the phone down. That's all I did. And I turned the radio on and I hear, T-shirts and bumper stickers. And that isn't even funny. And he starts laughing his ass off. It was, it just, in that moment with whatever else was going on or the calls before or something, it's so ridiculous. The whole thing's so ridiculous. He starts laughing. And the the combination of that I could do that and that he laughed was, well, I ought to try that again and really say something. So I think the next day I did something more polished. But again, it's just something absurd because back then that's all I thought to do was just, uh, I was I was, that was who I was back then, a little more of a crazed, absurd type thinker. And uh, I delivered another call, and he laughed again. The third day I did it again, and he goes, this, is, this has got to be the guy who's been calling the last couple of days. we gotta, we got to come up with a name for him or something like uh, the Phantom Caller or something. And I thought, you're kidding me. I have a name now. How did this happen? And it started everything, <laughs> everything that culminates in me even sitting here right now. I mean, really, what what do I do with my life if that doesn't happen? I don't know. I don't get into radio because there's no way you get into radio. With my background, there wasn't, I wasn't going to be invited onto a radio program. I wasn't a radio guy. It was just, uh, anyway, so I call for months and months and months, and then he gets a job in Chicago and leaves. And he says, I'm leaving for Chicago, but I want to have all the characters, both the characters that I have in my own head that I do and anybody who's been a regular onto the show. I'm going to kill him with a uh, Gatling gun. So I showed up to be killed on his show, and it was the first time we met. And I showed up in a tuxedo with a ski mask on because I wanted to protect the Phantom Caller identity, even though he was blind. Other guys in the studio 
Vogel was saying, okay, who is this guy? Well, Don, we don't know he has a ski mask on. And you had people saying, you know, I think I know who this guy is. There's no way they knew. I was a nobody. I was a nobody in the world. So nobody could have known. But I loved that they thought they knew. And he killed me off. And he said, I'm going to Chicago. I said, okay. Well, that was a fun little thing to do with my life. For the next five years, I'm just a freelance writer. I was a journalism graduate, and I was just writing for different publications, City Pages, Reader, Minnesota Monthly, um, every now and then a St. Paul Pioneer Press deal. Five years later, he comes back. He went from Chicago radio to Milwaukee radio, all of a sudden back to the Twin Cities. Just that life of a radio guy. And he comes back, and I call him up, and I say, yeah, can I talk to Don off the air? Don, this is that guy that you used to call the Phantom Caller. You want me to start those calls up again? Sure. He says, but first of all, how well do you know St. Paul? I'm trying to find a house. I said, born and raised. I know the town well. So I end up working with him, helping him find a neighborhood to live in and a house. And that involves going to a couple of bars afterwards and drinking with him. And all of a sudden we get to know each other. And he doesn't know a lot of people in town. And we become buddies. And uh, that I didn't expect. And one day, I start up the Phantom Calls, but it's not quite the same thing. It's not quite as fun, but we're we're becoming friends. And one day he says to me, God, this producer I have is driving me insane. It's just not working. When I worked here before, I had a lot of people to interact with. I have no one to interact with now. They give you one producer, and you either get along with them or not. It's just some 20-year-old kids fresh out of brown. I, I, I used to talk to a sports guy, a weather guy, a news guy. They've just cut the budget. I can't get the feel for the show. I said to him, you know... I don't know if you've ever, if you'd ever be up for this, but I'd sit in there with you, BS with you. And his line was, I'll never forget, that would be beneath you, sir. That's how much respect he had for a sidekick gig. You know, you, you have a good life. This is like for a loser. I mean, it, that's how I took it. Beneath me, that just sounds like as much fun as a guy could have. Um, so he said, when I told him I really wanted to do it, let's try it. And what I realized happened when I got on the show with him, what I really was, my value to him was just the Ed McMahon thing, the laugh track, the guy who lets you know you're cooking, that, that you're, you're good, you're doing something that's working. I was just his little thermometer on how the show was going. If I was laughing my ass off at something he said, that was firing up, firing him up to keep going. And I really think that was my value. KSDP saw no value in me whatsoever. They said to Don, we don't get it, why you want him. We've listened. We don't understand it. But if he'll do it for 20 bucks a show. So Drive Time Radio, Major Market, Four to six, afternoon drive in the Twin Cities. I did it for 20 bucks cash a show and uh, got my start in radio that way. I want to take a minute here to tell you about a hidden gem of a bar in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that about sums it up. JT's burgers are off the charts, and Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all top-notch cocktail wizards. My personal favorite libation at B-Dale Club is the Wood Hill. 
Don't miss their pancake breakfast coming up on Sunday, April 14th, 8 a.m. to 1. With karaoke, live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more, B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. Went a year and a half with them. We had kind of a classic breakup, which happens when two stubborn, creative-minded people work together. Um, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel moment, the Abbott and Costello moment, the Martin and Lewis moment. I'm not putting myself up equal with him. I'm just saying I came over the months to to kind of want to create some stuff too and some stuff didn't go over well, some stuff wasn't wanted. There just started to be a sense of... And I had a consultant there in my ear, which was really annoying. The consultant, they flew in, KSTP flew in. They said, Vogel won't listen, uh, but Mishki will. Get Mishki to get Vogel to do... And I was in between. I was caught in between. I didn't want to upset management and lose my job, but I was pissing off Don, passing on this consultant information. Then I go back to KSTP. He doesn't want to do this stuff. You want him to do it. Well, Mishki, you got to get him to. And, and eventually it just was a mess. And I left. And I really left to go on with my life and do something else. But Barbara Carlson called me up and said, um, I've been listening to you. This is what you're meant to do. you got to do this. She, re- I credit her, the late, great Barbara Carlson, with uh, getting me back in there. And I went back to a night show and did night radio for the next, well, I don't know how many years. I put 17 years in at KSTP and four at CCO. Wow. Any guests or nights stand out to you over all those years? Well, I, it was crazy so much of the time. I mean, I broke hundreds of rules. I, I did a show where I didn't say anything for two hours. I literally didn't say anything. I just wanted to see if you could do that. The show started, and I, I, I wasn't quite ready, and I listened to the dead air, and I thought, this is kind of fun not talking. I wonder if I could make this go for the whole show, and I did. You know, people calling up. You, you guys are off the air. Do you know you're off the air? What, where's Mishki? We can't hear a damn thing out here. Other people calling up going, hello, hello, anybody there? Why isn't anybody answering? And just then people calling up who are listening at home to this and saying, well, if Mishki's just going to let callers call up, I wouldn't say hello. They'd just call. I'd click the button, and they'd hear the ringing stop. They'd play a saxophone. They'd recite a poem. They'd scream. They'd. I, I, my favorite thing to do, there were two different lines I could bring up. So one guy I would bring up, and he'd go, Hello, because he'd hear the ringing stop. And then I'd bring up another guy who just heard a guy say hello. And the other guy would say, yeah, uh, my name's Dave, and Mishki is not on the air. We are getting nothing but dead air in Hugo. Well, wait a minute. I'm calling to tell you that. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Tom in, in St. Louis Park. Well, Tom, what are you doing on the line? I'm trying to call KSTV. Well, you don't have to be so hard on me. Well, shut up. And that was all going over the air, but I never talked, never said a word for two hours. Mr. Stanley Hubbard was driving around that night listening. And that's not a good thing to have a guy you hired. By now, they were paying me more than $20 a show. (laughs) Uh, Now I have myself a contract. He calls his daughter, my boss, Ginny, and says, what the hell's Mishki doing? Hang on, Dad, I'll I'll turn it on. You know, they turn it on and come, ah, Dad, that's that's Mishki's, it's a weird deal, he's a different, okay, no firing. The number, <laughs> the number of times I should have been fired. Some days later on when the cell phone came along, I'd be late for work, and I'd just 
start on the cell phone, maybe from a bar, and you know, and I, I'm not quite there yet, but you know, it's still Mishki on the air with you. I didn't look at the clock tonight, damn it, and ooh, waitress just told me, aren't you Mishki, aren't you supposed to be at work? So I'm going to start out on the phone here, I'll get there eventually, stuff like that, it happened, or... Man, one one time I blew into the other guy's sh- Oh, this was a favorite of mine. There was two girls had a show at FM 107, two women. And uh, I just got out of my chair one day and ran down the hallway to the FM side and said, get, get out of your studio. I grabbed them. Get out, get out. Now I shut the door, put a chair against it, and I took over their show. And I said, my mic's available. Go down there. I'll send all your listeners down to AM. And so I commandeered this FM station, and I said, all right, everybody, I want to see if you like what I do, but if you hate me already, go over to AM 1500. You can catch the two women I kicked out of here. Stuff like that was fun. Just renegade. I called it renegade radio, black sheep radio. Just kept trying to do strange things. Did you have any, like, influences, like other radio guys that did that kind of stuff that Mm -mm. you were kind of emulating at all? No. Nope. I learned later that there were guys. I remember somebody wrote me one time and said, Mishki, you remind me a little bit of Gene Shepard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is nothing like a nothing like a lukewarm cup of slot machine coffee in a paper cup lined with what appears to be the residue of a kerosene lamp. Do you know him? And I didn't know Gene Shepard, and I looked him up and listened to a lot of his stuff out east. Uh, he was big time, I, I don't know, out of New York maybe, but uh, 50s, 60s, 70s. So I would hear that I sounded, you know, I don't think anything I was creating was wholly original, but I didn't know of anybody else doing it. My thing every day was, it, I had a child's view of it. What can you do? Every morning I'd get up and say, what can you do with two hours of airtime? You have the human ear. You don't have the eyes. You don't have touch. You don't have taste. But you have the human ear. What all can you do with that? You know, what what are what are the all the options? I don't want to just interview people. I mean, sometimes I would, but what else is there to do? You know, and I'd I'd write write songs and poems and um, do crazy uh, riffs on the news. I used to interview, well, I interviewed a guy one time singing. This is probably what I'm most known for. He was a documentary maker, had done something on the Edmund Fitzgerald, and I interviewed him to the tune of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's also mentioned in Lightfoot's tune that there was some kind of hurricane west wind. But how in the hell could a hurricane gale find itself all the way up by Michigan? It was literally a freshwater hurricane. And uh, this weather system started out in Oklahoma. So I interviewed him in that song. Welcome, Mr. Gumbinger, to my show. It's a pleasure to have you on with me. This has interested me for many a year. And every bit of my talk... And he just rolled with it. He didn't hang up. I thought he might hang up because it sounds like I'm mocking him. But I had real questions. They were all real. They just rhymed, and they went to that ditty. And I did the whole interview that way. And that just was a way to do something different. It was always just what's different. Sam Phillips used to say when someone came into his studio, give me something different. And that is, I think, what I look for every day on planet Earth. I I really think that's, 
That's how you get through this life. Give me something different. And by that, new, fresh, interesting, unusual, something that hasn't been done before. Give it, give it, give it, give it, you know. So that's what I would do with radio, try to do with radio. Was there any other local disc jockeys or, or talk show hosts that you ended up being friends with that you did admire from the Twin Cities area here that you worked Well, with? I mean, so Vogel was my first big hero. And then um, then we had that rough breakup. And we did make up eventually, um, privately. I called him on a Christmas Eve one time. It was almost like a Hallmark Hall of Fame moment. I just put the whole thing behind us, you know, I... But it was I, I, I just wanted to go into Christmas morning with all our troubles behind us. Um, I got to be pals with Steve Cannon. There it is. The Cannon Mess. The last radio show. Uh, who I... He, is, he ended up being kind of a father figure to me and... Uh, I got very, very, very close to him, and I don't know how the hell that happened because he should have had 500 buddies ahead of me, but he was a loner at the end of his life. He was really alone. And uh, one time he wrote something for me, and he said, I feel like I have known you all of my life, and that was what we were like. It's like we, we instantly felt like we were friends forever. It was very strange. I went out to lunch with him for the first time at three in the afternoon. At six, he I dropped him off at his house. No, I, I went out to lunch with him at noon. At three, I dropped him off at his house. He got out of the car, put his foot on the street, turned to me to say something. And when he got out of that car, it was four hours later, with that door hanging open, he talked and we talked for hours and hours. And after that, it was over. Just so many days spent in his kitchen, so many days, hours on the phone at night talking. When he'd go to Florida for the winter, we'd just talk and talk and talk. And so he and I became, I mean, um, we loved each other, just loved each other. From these guys like Vogel or Steve Cannon, I noticed that you speak very well. When I first met you uh, a number of weeks ago, um, you don't use the word like, um, you always speak very clearly. And it's a very, did you learn, how did you learn how to speak like radio talk? I never learned it uh, beforehand, but one thing that worked well, and I recommend this for everyone, you'd finish a show and there'd be a cassette tape of your show. They had to, it was the law. If there was a lawsuit, they had to have that cassette tape uh, to go over what was said. And I'd always say, can I take that cassette tape home? Well, you bring it back. Okay. And I had a cassette player in my 62 Ford Galaxy 500, and I would get in the car, and I'd listen to the show going home, and I'd hear horrible things that I did. And by that, I mean repeating a phrase or a word or a way, a mannerism that bugged me, and I'd... I'd say, God, I hate that. I do that every day. Yuck. And I just purposely try to remove that. Um, one of the things, I'm sure I do it now, everybody does it, but I hate it, And uh, was the number of times I'd hear like used on the radio. It didn't used to be there for years, and then all of a sudden everything was like, 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 like. 
And that used to bother my ear. And I remember thinking, I was around some kids hearing it and thinking, I'm raising a couple of boys. I'm going to be hearing like, 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 like every day. So I paid them. Every day they could get through a day without saying. So I was like, and then they were like, and at the end of the day, I'd pay them cash. And the next day, I, I spent a lot of money. But I got a couple of boys who made it in the 21st century into adulthood without using that <laughs> when they talk. And I don't know how much I spent, but man, it was worth it. Neither of them went into radio, but they're sure a lot more fun to talk to around the house. I just, I started to just listen to myself and try to pull stuff. I hear it now. When I listen to radio in the Twin Cities, I know there are guys. I could call them up and say, I want you to retire this word. And the reason I want you to retire it is because you you lean on it too much. And it's the kind of a word that clearly one day you fell in love with, and now it's your favorite word, but kill your darling, you know. That's, that's retire that word. I could tell guys this. And I, I think if they listen, they'd get it. But I don't know if people listen to themselves anymore. It's smart to do. I'm sure after a while you can move on. But the first few years, you ought to. I agree. All right. Mr. Tom Mishke, thank you so much for being on the Mark Steri Music Podcast. Uh, you mind doing one more and we'll talk about just music and your sure. records and Sounds stuff like good. that? Sure. So this week's story behind the song segment of your 2008 record, That Kind of Day. What's the story behind the song, The Girl in Her? Oh, that's about my wife. When I met her, when she was my girlfriend... One of the things I loved about her was that she was just a kid. She wasn't a kid. She was an adult, but and she still is just a kid. She's got a kid's look, outlook on the world, a kid's innocence, a kid's playfulness, a kid's joy. It's, it's Saturday morning every time I hang with her, still to this day, after all these years. I, I want that for myself. I'm happiest when I also am a kid. I would have preferred not to grow up, frankly. Uh, But I can't pull it off like she can, but she can get it out of me. She can pull that out of me. So in the song it says, she's got the girl in her, that other world in her, the child in her, smiles in her, brings out the boy in me, that old joy in me. She says, hey, 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 let's play. And uh, and that's that's, that's what she does. And to this day... And man, there aren't a lot of people who hang on to that child, and it's the best part. I mean, it's it's the best part of our lives. That 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 approach, that outlook, that wonder, all of that. And if you can hang on to it, well, yeah, you get the best of both worlds then. But if you lose it, you the world you traded it for, it ain't better. Yeah, that's the story. Wow. Thank you, Tom Mishke, for being on the Mark Steri Music Podcast. Please tune in next week for part three. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. 
Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Playing with me